Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. BJ, your Detroit Lions are no longer winless. They are finally on the board. Congratulations. It was a good Sunday. You predicted this last week. You said you think the Lions are going to do it. They at least deliver a tie. Can we celebrate a tie? Do we celebrate a tie? I detect, at least we got 1-1 one, one on the board. I detect the sarcasm in your voice. <laughs> no, I'm BJ, I was pulling so hard for the Lions. I don't think either team wanted to win this game, but the Lions at least get a tie. That, that's something. That's something, BJ. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's not a loss. Well, it's not a win. I don't know what it is. It's a tie. It's, it's a, a tie. Oh, well, you just ran out of time. That's what I look at. You know what I mean? I don't really like the tie rule in the NFL. I think that we should always settle with a winner and a loser. If we go to double overtime, I think the Lions figure it out. But this this was the one week to do it, BJ. They were they were right there. I thought it was going to happen. But yeah. Thanksgiving Day, we still have a chance. This has been a lifelong struggle for me. You're a true fan. You are you are the yeah, number one Detroit Lions. It's been Lions a lifelong fan. struggle. And yes. as my friends say, they gave up a long time ago. But I continued <laughs> the torture. To torture mm. down what it means to be a Detroit Lions fan. But here we are. We we secured a tie and we're on the path to getting a win. How about that? I see it. I feel it. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are, and we're moving right along to next week. How about that? Because <laughs> I wasn't cheering and celebrating after that. Okay. Time. So even though you got a one, you know, on the record, you're, you're not celebrating. You're, you're well, still we didn't win. This we, a, yes, it was a tie. It's still a winless season. It's, yeah. So if you guys don't win a game the rest of the year and it's one tie, then it still is written in the record books as the only franchise to have two winless seasons. There you yeah. go. So we can't have that. We got to get one win. It's unbelievable. It's BJ. It's it's really BJ. unbelievable. It's 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 a true curse. It's a true curse. How do we fix it? That's what that's what I'm asking myself. Uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> we need a miracle. <laughs> we need a miracle. I mean, I don't know how we can be in this position for so long. But you know what's amazing, though? The fans and the fan base of the Detroit Lions is unreal. We keep showing up. We keep mm -hmm. showing up. So, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? I, I, I feel for you, BJ. I'm always pulling for the Lions. My family was pulling for the Lions. I mean, everyone this Sunday, they turned into a Lions fan. Um, and for Thanksgiving, we'll do the same. We need, we need a win. For Coach Campbell, for all Thank those you. faithful Lions fans, for you, BJ, for Jalen Rose. I mean, for everyone that sticks their necks out and says, I am a Lions fan, ride or die to the end, because th there is no show upside our faces. usually. That's what's yeah, no, you guys don't wear bags on your heads. No, you show your faces. Exactly. We show our faces. So. And I respect that. But let's get to the basketball because we have some interesting things that are going on in the NBA world. Uh, a lot of comments are being made, a lot of good games. I want to talk about LaMelo versus Steph Curry. BJ, I was in North Carolina for that game. That was a great Sunday for North Carolina. Cam Newton came back in football and got us a win. LaMelo ball and the Hornets step up and, and slay Steph Curry for the first time I remember in my life of Steph Curry ever losing to the Hornets. So that was a good moment in time. But I want to start with the Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis. After the Bulls game last night, he said, quote-unquote, BJ, we are not a championship team. Mm. Is he correct in that assumption? Mm. And he also said, and Midas is saying, he said, quote-unquote, we suck. What mm. do you think about the Lakers and those comments from AD? Mm. I like the honesty. Mm. Got to be truth-tellers. He's telling the truth, right? Mm. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot to uncover. Well... You know, I think the time now is to say this. Clearly, this is Anthony Davis's team now. Okay. LeBron looks like he has taken the back seat in this in this joyride. LeBron now is clearly in the back seat. Now, if LeBron said that to me, it triggers something. Because he has been the driver to the NBA Finals 
to such a degree where to me it would hold some type of credibility. I can't say that about Anthony Davis right now. And the reason I can't say that is because LeBron James isn't even playing. I can't say that because Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and all of these people who are just got to the team. What's the, the kid? Horton. Um, Tucker. Yeah. Horton Tucker. Kalen Horton Tucker. He just got back into the fold, what, two or three games ago. Mm-hmm. Rondo seems to be in and out of the lineup. Is DeAndre uh, Jordan, is he starting? Is he not? Dwight Howard. I, can I, we get him I, into yeah, the fold? Yeah. I can't say that right now because I haven't seen a healthy group on the floor all season. What I can say is that right now we are not a championship caliber team. What I can say is that if we continue to play the way we're playing, our championship aspirations probably won't happen. But I can't say that because I haven't seen this group together. At least I haven't. Maybe he's seen it in practice. I haven't. So he is saying something to us if, in fact, that's what he said that it's impossible for anyone holding a microphone can say because we haven't seen it yet. And as far as I'm concerned, until LeBron James gets out on the court and gives me 25 games with a healthy group, I'm not going to make that prediction with any team until (laughs) I can see these guys out here playing and playing in a way that I can say, oh, this is who this group is, who this group isn't. Because to me – you know, I'm seeing the things group. out there. I'm seeing things out there on the court that I'm saying. For instance, a coach asked me last, actually asked me this morning, and I like to, you know, look at the game from different perspectives. I talk to my friends in the business who are executives. I talk to my friends who are coaches. I talk to my friends who are scouts, and the coach asked me a question this morning, and he said, "Tate." He said, imagine if you were playing in today's game. And he said, what would happen if, let's say, Scotty wasn't playing in a game and Michael suddenly decided to get kicked out of a game? He goes, what would you feel? I said, well, what's your real question? He said, the responsibility that you have to be the best player is you have to be available to your team at all time. And what he was referring to was why was Anthony Davis getting thrown out of the game last night? Got two technical fouls. The second one he gets tossed, obviously gets ejected. Okay. And it was all from him talking to the ref. Now, yeah. Whether or not they are a championship caliber team, I saw last night a game plan against, in particular, Anthony Davis. To me, that was a level of respect, and it, it required that the best player, which was Anthony Davis, to make an adjustment to create offense for the rest of the team and himself. But more importantly, he had to be available because they made a total commitment to double-team him, not when he made a move, every time he touched it anywhere on the floor. Yes. So I've watched the Bulls play – a number of times this season, I haven't seen them utilize this philosophy much. So it allowed, it it triggers to me that they must hold Anthony Davis and the Lakers in a high regard, that they are willing to compromise their defense at all costs anytime he touches the floor. Now, that's championship caliber basketball. That's a championship caliber player. If I have a player like that, I got to figure something out. So, in saying that, I'm not sure where that comment, I'm going to assume that that comment was taken out of context, but that comment doesn't match what I saw last night in the game. I just saw a team, the Chicago Bulls, they came out, they were terrific from the perimeter. In particular, DeMar DeRozan. Again, can we Mm. give him another shout-out? 
Absolutely. Zach- First time he is shooting over the league average from the three-point line. He has been a star so far this season in the mid-range, as we've talked about. And the Chicago Bulls scored 40 points in the third quarter, and the Lakers scored 12 points in the third quarter. Okay. Zach Levine, terrific. And Lonzo Ball. Been great. Making so, making shots. Now, <laughs> now, so I'm not saying that they are play- the Lakers are playing championship-caliber basketball right now. But I'm not ready to give up on this Laker team until I see a full roster, until I see some type of chemistry in their rotation and the leadership that's necessary because they took the ball out of their best player's hand last night and made a commitment. The Bulls did. And the Lakers didn't respond. And like you said, LeBron's not playing in the game. Anthony Davis gets tossed, and now you have no leader, you have no pillar for your – yeah, I mean – Game over. You know, but this is what I see. I didn't hear the comment. I'm going to assume that it, it can't be right. It doesn't even sound right to me. But it's it too was a, early. It was a frustration comment. Yeah, I think it's too if early. anything, he's probably and talking about the group that they have currently on the floor. Yeah, it's not. It, they suck. And but and, I'm not and, willing to say that, even as a fan. I'm not willing to say okay, even though I'm I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not willing to say that because I recognize this team has talent. And I recognize that there aren't many teams that can say this. LeBron James is, is, is going to come back. And he might come back on Friday. So, so if LeBron James comes back on Friday, I, I think you said it, though. I mean, Anthony Davis, it is his team. He is the one that is yes. at the forefront right now. And it'll be interesting to see how much LeBron is you know, playing Geppetto for Anthony Davis or if he's going to have to grab the reins again because – they do need his leadership, it seems like. It, I, they need LeBron so. to be that guy. I think, I think this group needs LeBron James. Me too. And I think LeBron James is ready, was ready to give it to Anthony Davis. I think that was the plan this year. I, I think it I was think, a succession plan. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was. But you can clearly see that if this group is going to make it, they're going to have to riot again on the, you know, on the back of LeBron James. Mm. And I don't know if that's good or bad at year, what, 19. But that's what it looks like to me, what I can see from afar. And LeBron James, this team will go as LeBron James goes because clearly the roles are not set. And we talked about this at the start of the year. I mean, there are three guys – on that team, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, that in theory could be your primary player, your 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 alpha, whatever you want to call it on your team, your number one guy, considering the circumstances. But it was going to be a decision that was made. A lot of people assume Anthony Davis would be an MVP contender. He would step into that role. Others argued that Russell Westbrook already was this MVP level player, and then he could step into that role. You know, the, a lot of people believe LeBron James would keep that role. But like you said, it doesn't seem as if it's set right now. And obviously we've dealt with injuries, guys going in and out of the lineup. But at some point when the Lakers are all on the court together and they make that conscious decision, it does seem that the answer is LeBron James. I mean, as it has been for so many times, you know what I mean, over and over throughout the years. The answer is LeBron, and he is the only one that could get this group to a championship-level team. And we'll see if he can do that in year 19. I, you have to have faith at this point that he, can, that he has a chance because he continues to defy the odds. But that's unfortunate for someone you know that, that's a big Anthony Davis fan. You, you hope that he will eventually get there and take that leap. Well, you know, I always listen to the players. And I'm going to listen to Anthony Davis. I'm not going to discredit what he's saying. If, in fact, that's what he said in the context in which we're talking about. If he mm-hmm. says this isn't a championship caliber team, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to what he's saying. And the reason I'm going to listen to it is because I always take this into consideration. The players know. The players know. Now, I want to go back to last year, Tate. It's really hard to win the, win the Kentucky Derby from the outside. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is if you're not in the – in the, t- in the top seed, one or two, three or four, it's really hard to win an NBA championship because the Lakers were, what, seventh? They went into as, as, as the seventh seed last year. Mm-hmm. And they thought that they had a chance to win the championship as the seventh seed. 
Now, it's going to be really hard again this year to really think that the Lakers can just turn this thing on and turn it off and win the championship from the outside. So maybe what Anthony Davis is telling us is what we should really be listening. If, in fact, that's what he said, is that this group, as constructed, can't do it. Yeah, he's already made a comment prior that, you know, they don't need triple doubles. They need shooters around them. I mean, there's already been some some comments that have been well, made. Well, maybe he's telling us. And I'm not discrediting, discrediting what he's saying. I'm just saying it's really early to be saying that. No, exactly. And you said it right. I mean, if LeBron James was saying this in the press conference, then then we're having a different conversation because we just believe it, right? Because he knows. Anthony Davis has been there once and, you know, with LeBron guiding that path to a title. So it's, you know, it's secondhand a little bit, but he could be telling us the truth. He could be. So it's something for us to continue to watch. I'm going to listen to what he's saying. I have a hard time believing it right now. Because I'm looking at the roster, I'm going, you got Wayne Ellington over there. You got some, Love Wayne. You got some guys over there who can shoot. You have some guys who can play. But for whatever reason, the roster isn't gelling together. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I have my own theories. And one is, you know, who's the leader of the group? Who's the leader of this group? Who's the leader? And I don't, I'm not saying who's the best player. Who's mm-hmm. the leader of the group? It feels like Rondo and LeBron are, are de facto those guys, but again, they're both out of the in and out of the who's lineup. The so the leader, yeah, 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 yeah can't you know, be out. Who's the leader of the group? Mm-hmm. Who is the guy that everyone says, okay, who's putting his imprint on the team? I hear a lot of talking. I I see a lot of accolades over there. I see a lot. But who is the true leader of the group? Okay, and that starts on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And they miss Caruso. I mean, they, they talked about how much they miss Caruso going into this game. Defensively, they have to make some sort of commitment to that side of the court. Well, I, I think if you're asking me what's really going on here is, you know, when you are the leader, you have to be accountable you have to be responsible for the group and right now I don't know who that is who's helping the other guys to find their way around the floor because everyone on the team is struggling right now okay the only one that seems like he's found his role is Carmelo (laughs) True. Carmelo said, I am a star role player. I'm going to play off of the other guys. And Melo is doing an outstanding job of doing that. Yep. Couldn't have asked for more from Melo. Okay. Melo has found his way. He knows that this is not his team. He's not coming to get the touches. He's not the one getting double teamed. He's not the one that is in charge of the defensive presence, early starts to the game, playing – He's not the go-to guy down the stretch. But Melo said, you know what? I'm going to keep everybody honest that guards me, and I'm going to play my role. Mm -hmm. So he's found his role. But who is the guy that we're running the offense through? Who's the guy that's anchoring the defense? Who's the guy that's creating shots for others? Who is the guy that's pushing the pace? Who's the guy that's distributing the basketball? Who's the guy who's the, the talking guy on the defensive end in matchups? Who is that? Because and right if, now, to, it's And not to give you an example of who that guy is for another team, it's Nikola Jokic. Yeah, because LeBron right? isn't there. So we, we know LeBron is capable of doing all those things. Mm-hmm. So he's not there. But who are the other guys that's going to step into this role in this vacuum in his absence? And are you going to empower a Russell Westbrook to be that guy? Because right now, he is not – that guy in the way that he well, is, you know, set up. Russell right now is f- trying to find his way. Mm-hmm. He's not in position right now to help others because he's trying to find his way into this new Lakers scheme or plan or whatever it is they're doing. So who is that guy? And that, as I'm watching the game, I'm going, 
you know, is it, who is it? Like, I, I guess it's supposed to be AD. It definitely is not Dwight Howard. It's definitely not Carmelo. Right now, Russell is not that right now. Okay. You know, I'm watching the kid Horton uh, Tucker. Horton Tucker last night. He looked like he was ready to assume that role last night. Is it Rondo? Who who is it? So there are a lot of questions. I think that's an interesting take, and I'm gonna keep a close eye on it. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, First Leaf. Anyone who drinks wine knows the options are limitless, which is why finding a wine I like can be hit or miss. But now that I'm a First Leaf Wine Club member, I only get the hits. That's because experts at First Leaf who know my personal palate send wines I love right to my door. There's always something new to discover. First Leaf is a wine club that curates and ships wines that are perfect for you. And since they work with renowned winemakers all over the world, there's virtually no limit to the variety of wines you get to try. Not only does First Leaf introduce you to a ton of new wine, each box gets better. When you rate the wine you receive, First Leaf learns more about your palate, and they send you the wines that you like. It's that easy. But here's a fun little not-so-secret about First Leaf. They work directly with winemakers, which means you get incredible wine 60% off retail. First Leaf is confident you'll love the wine. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you receive a bottle that isn't exactly what you're hoping for, First Leaf will credit your account. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash pushing. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash pushing. P-U-S-H-I-N, tryfirstleaf.com slash pushing. Back to pushing through. Yeah, BJ, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch, uh, you know, how this team figures it out and finds their way. But I think you're right. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Who is setting everything up for this team? Who has the game plan? Who has the responsibilities? Who at the end of the game is saying, hey, tap my chest. That's on me that we didn't get that set up. And instead of finger pointing and saying it's that guy's fault or why aren't you doing that? You know what I mean? That That is the, the, the next step for this team to really get to the next level. Um, but let's talk about the two MVP candidates in the, MV, mm. in the NBA this year because they are playing Tuesday night. Stephen Curry versus Kevin Durant, yes. two teammates with the Golden State Warriors, two-time NBA champions. And now they are battling it out uh, on Tuesday night on TNT. And BJ, I mean, you, you can't ask for a better showdown. And these two guys, you want to talk about being able to lead your teams and get guys in the right positions? That's what these two guys have been doing, and they're playing high, high, high-quality basketball. Durant's been on a tear. Steph Curry's been, you know, the last time we talked about him, he just had a 50-10 and 10 game. First, you know, oldest since Wilt Chamberlain. So are, are you excited for this matchup, and what do you expect to see between the Nets and the Warriors tonight on TNT? Well, I'm excited for the matchup because of all of the drama, the internal drama. Mm. But as far as the game, I'm not really excited about it because I don't see anyone on the Warriors that can guard Kevin Durant or James Harden. Mm. Okay? I, I don't see the matchups. Now, the Warriors have been playing terrific basketball. The Warriors, before the loss, there in Charlotte, had the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. Now the Warriors are on the road. So I am excited to see the Warriors because now everyone can say, oh, this is the best team. Let me see. <laughs> okay. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. I don't see the matchups that I want to see. Mm. And what I mean, what I see, what I mean by that is. Steph Curry is going to do Steph Curry things. Kevin Durant, who are you going to put on him? Who are you going to put on Kevin Durant? So, but what I am excited to see is how good this Warriors team really is because they got off to such a hot start. There's been a lot of talk in the media about they're going to go to the finals and they're the team to beat. And all of those things. Stephen A. Smith said they are the, the favorites to win the NBA title. So now I want to see. So I'm just interested to see how good the team is. Now, I'm not concerned about these early matchups. I want to see because it was packed in Charlotte on a Sunday night. Matter of fact, it was sold out. You were probably there at the game. <laughs> I was in Asheville. I was close. Okay. Close proximity. Great it game. It was sold out. Great game. A lot of energy. Went down to the wire. Big plays. Very entertaining. And here we have another game. 
I like the Warriors team. However, I don't think they are the best team in the West. So now I want to see if I was right or wrong as I continue to see them on this road trip to say, okay, they are the team I thought they were, or did I underestimate this team? I'm not worried mm. if Steph has 45, which he could do, and, and, and Kevin will match whatever he does. But mm. I don't see anyone on the team – if they if both of these teams decide to play up and down, stopping James Harden, I think Jordan Poole and company will, you know, they'll they'll put up a nice put up nice numbers. And I think it should be a very entertaining game. I'm not saying that the Warriors can't win this game, but what I am saying is I want to see how good this Warriors team is. Because now they got off to such a hot start that I want to see if they are truly a championship caliber team or a really good team, or they just happen to be winning the games at home because they had a great home stretch at the beginning of the season. And give them credit for passing the first test. They won the games they were supposed to win, in particular at home. And they've gone immediately from being the, you know, the hunter to the hunted again. You know what I mean? They had a lot of fun, I think, surprising people. And it's already turned back to now they are the favorites again. And they're going to get teams best shots. And if there's anyone that wants to show the world that the Warriors are, you know, not the best team in the NBA and, you know, that they actually have the best team in the NBA, it's obviously the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, that is what Kevin Durant's message is this year. His message is that he's the best player in basketball and that, you know, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with as soon as we get into the playoffs so this is a statement game for Brooklyn in Brooklyn so if I had to guess I would assume that Brooklyn makes you know a a big statement here and KD has a huge game but Steph Curry is not going to go away uh, lightly he obviously knows this is a big moment as well and I just love to see these I still can't believe these guys were teammates you know what I mean I I watched them play against each other and uh, I feel like my you know my grandkids BJ in the future are going to say wait a second Steph Curry and Kevin Durant were on the you know on the same team at one point and then I'm going to say yes that that actually did happen in reality um, because there's they're both so transcendent right in their own capacity Um, and and it's you know great for the game to to have them you know holding court again yeah I'm, I'm excited to see that I was just chuckling to myself when you said my grandkids (laughs) that sounds pretty funny (laughs) it just sounded really funny (laughs) yeah you know one day when they're asking about basketball as we live on you know mars or whatever it is you know i'll be trying to tell them i was just imagining (laughs) some little kid calling you papa you know hey papa (laughs) you know that was pretty funny I like that. I like that. Uh, let's talk about quickly, BJ, before you get out of here. Um, Evan Mobley uh, is another guy. Oh. that uh, He's got our attention, but he's he's out for a two to four weeks with a right elbow uh, sprain. Uh, but I just want to talk about how great he's been before that. I know you were big on him. I think you and I talked about him being potentially the number one pick um, if we just had a big board and you know weren't picking based on fit, the talent that he has. And he is uh, he's already making waves in his rookie season so far. Well, you know I love Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is just a unique player. He's a generational talent, make no doubt mm-hmm. about it, in particular on the defensive end. You know, you think about this tape. You have three seven-footers starting in the front line for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It reminds me of the Bucks from, like, 2014 when they had John Henson, Larry Sanders, and Giannis. You know, if I ever get back as an executive – on that side, I'm going for five seven. I'm going for five seven footers. <laughs> That's my goal. That's my goal. Because Evan Mobley has really, it, it's like he's he, he's refreshing. He's refreshing to watch. Because Tay, you've heard me say this now for years. The bigs, in particular, the five position. That's the last position to get integrated into this small ball phenomenon or small ball era and to watch Evan Mobley adjust to this small ball era and make this type of impact and I got to remind our audience here he's only supposed to be a sophomore in college he's only supposed to be a sophomore for him to figure this out is letting me know that at some day what the future holds five seven Five seven-footers. That's my goal now. My goal now is to put five seven-footers on the floor. I like that. Who can five Jokic's. And I want to play a system. I want to play a system style of play. 
So that I love I love the idea of like a seven footer throwing an entry pass into another yeah, seven yeah, footer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was watching Jokic last night. I was watching Jokic last night versus. Yo, hey, Snapper. by the B, BJ, Jokic is my current MVP. By the way, I wouldn't be mad at you. I wouldn't be mad okay. at you for that. You know, Jokic is playing terrific. They lost last night to the Dallas Mavericks, right? But it was interesting. I always like to watch the players, how they interact, because they're always telling you who the best player is. Jokic rebounds the balls, and all of the guards just run down the floor. They don't even come <laughs> to the outlets anymore. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's, that's really fascinating. Like, I can't imagine playing where, you know, let's say Bill Cartwright rebounding the ball, and I go, oh, okay, Bill has it. I'm just going to run down the floor. <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta get to my spot. Let or, him bring it up. you know, another – like, it's, it's just interesting. So now I'm intrigued to say the following. I want to build a team with five seven-footers. Mm. And I want a system of play to what all of them can go to the post because I'm tired of watching the switching. Like, it's just unnecessary switching now. Mm-hmm. Like, a five sets a screen on the one, and then you just automatically switch because you don't even try to get over the screen. You don't even force yeah, people, you know? No, you know, you know what it reminds you of, BJ? It's kind of like a dance, you know what I mean? Yeah, like when they're playing the like, game, it's kind of like a scheduled dance. Like, you know, now I'm going to switch, so you, you get you your switch, switch that you wanted. You can have that. You know, you get no your resistance. bucket. There's yes. no resistance at all. It's just switch. So now what I want to do is I want to put together a team and just play five seven-footers because the seven-footers, the bigs, have been forced to learn the game. They've been forced to learn the game. And now Evan Mobley, to me, is the first that said, you know what, okay, I may be a four or a five, but because you already have a four and a five here and I'm good enough, to, I'm just going to figure out and find a way to play and make an impact on the game. And by the way, I'm the best player on the team. <laughs> already. Already in the first ten games of the season. Yeah. Jared and Allen, he, like and, you, like you said, he could play the three. He's basically playing the three right now. Laurie Marketing, and I, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how they do with him in his absence, because I think this kid is that impactful of a player. Yeah, but in saying that, now I'm determined. I'm all, I'm all about five seven footers because right now I have three of them. You know, I would love I would love Jared Allen. I would love. You know, Giannis. Give me JaVale McGee. I want JaVale. Yeah, you could have JaVale. But here, Jared Allen at the five. Just, just, let's, let's go in our dreams setup. Okay, dream, dream scenario team. Dreams, dream setup. Five, I'm going to have MB. Four, I'm going to have Jokic. Three, I'm going to have Giannis. Two, I'm going to have Kevin Durant. Hmm. Okay, and then let's go at the one. I might put Jokic at the one. You could put Jokic at the one. You could put Jokic. You could put Jokic. All right, let's put, put Jokic Giannis. at the one. Okay. Let's put Jokic. No, no, no. no. Let's put Giannis at the one since he's already played the one. He's already played the one. Yeah, J.K. K- put him at the one. KD at the two. Mm. Okay. The five, we got to put in beat. Jokic. Let's put him at the four. That's what he meant to four. And then who are we going to go at the three? I think Mobley at the three. Mobley at the three. There you go. That That's that's an unstoppable lineup. There, there you go. And you know what? There, there you go. That that should be an all-star team. That should be like a – they should do that at all-star weekend, there, just there, the bigs there, versus there, the smalls. There, there you go. I think <laughs> the bigs now – I think the bigs, they've learned how to play throughout all of this. I love that line. Oh, man, I'm excited about that lineup. I'm excited uh, about that. Let, yeah, let's just run through it again. So Giannis at the one, KD at the two, Mobley at the three, Jokic at the four, Embiid at the five. Oh. How do you stop that? They you go, can't because Embiid, Embiid can shoot threes. Jokic can shoot threes. They go, Mobley can shoot threes. KD yeah. is the best shooter we've seen since George Gervin, maybe. So, uh, And then Giannis Antetokounmpo is literally at the one, but he also, if you switch him, you, you talk about that 1-5 switch, try doing that with Giannis. They go, they go undefeated. <laughs> they go 82-0. The more I think about it, they go 82-0. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. They go 80. I don't care who you put on. They go 82 and 0. Because they really, there, there is no mismatch. I mean, they, they are, there is no hole in uh, that lineup. Giannis and KD at the one and two. Oh, I, I, that, that, that's pretty special. That's pretty special right there. <laughs> that's pretty special. And then when you get past that, I mean, Embiid and Jokic together. I mean, those are the two MVP contenders from last season. And Mobley's going to be in that conversation. Oh, Mobley, I mean, very going soon. to be. Mobley is in that conversation. Mm. Now, not very soon. Now, mm. Mobley will be MVP of this league. I, I I wish that you know like we can't put tandems together, but I wish John Moran and Evan Mobley were on the same team. I wish I could see those two together. Yeah, John Morant, Evan Mobley, or Shea uh, Alexander, Shea Shea, Shea Gilgis and, and Mobley, yeah. I think would be pretty special. Those two are my. Those two are the. I think those two are the. They're the leading the charge for the for the guard position. Those two, I like that. But Evan Mobley, yeah, he's special. He's yeah, special. He's yeah. out for two to four weeks, but we'll see him back soon. But like you said, we're gonna actually see what his yeah. impact is without I, him on the that's court. That's my that's my five. I, you know what? Now the more I think about it, that's my five. That's, Th- those are probably my five favorite players right now in basketball too. I gotta figure I, out in my mind how could I acquire all those players. Mm. Because think about it, they were drafted. <laughs> Jokic was drafted in the second, second round. round pick. Yeah, so you could get him. Giannis is fifteenth, fifteenth. So you could get him. Embiid is three, so he falls. You know what I mean? All of them had a reason to be available at a certain point. Yeah, Mobley, he, he fell. And you know He's what's, not the what's one. amazing? None of them were the number one pick. So it's 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 possible. I don't know how sustainable, but it's possible. Mm. It's possible. I always think to myself, you know, in, in the Jokic, you know, obviously they traded Nurkic to make the way for Jokic, but if Nurkic was healthy and playing well for the Nuggets and they traded Jokic to Portland, you know, there was a world in which the Jokic and Dame Lillard are now in Portland and a second-round pick now turns into a franchise player and you have two fr- – you know, that, that's just how the, the what-if scenarios in the NBA yeah, are kind it, of everlasting. Get, if I could get Giannis at 15 and Jokic in the second round, I you think, got two starters right there. I think I could get the other th- guys in free agency or something. I think it's a way to do it. <laughs> I think there's a way to do this. I got to really what, concentrate on my what, what's the I, What's the ideal franchise to have this this seven-foot-five? You know, the, the, the starting five of seven-footers. What's the, what's the best franchise in your mind uh, to, to, to facilitate such a thing where the fans would love it, you, you know? know? You know what I, you know I want to do now? You know, because every time I watch the game, I watch the game. I try to watch the game from the because you know I'm flipping through the channels like everyone else. Mm. But you know my favorite thing to do is to watch it from the on the small market feeds because the oh small, yeah the local the, the local feeds are the best. The local feeds, if there's an appreciation for just winning a, a, an NBA game, there's like <laughs> yeah. you know when you watch the bigger markets, they're like oh, you know they, you get the idea that like we're we're supposed to win anyway, like another 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 championship. Another, you know, you know, it's just like another. Here's mm. an, as I got another one, you know. Another oh, no, one. <laughs> I know. Did I just say another that? One. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to do this in a small market. I want to do it in a small market, like a small market that just says, you know what, Charlotte. So, small, smaller than that. I want to go to a small <laughs> market. I want to go to a market where it says. We we have no expectations whatsoever. We had nothing in our arena. And I want to establish or inspire an organization that says, you know what? We've never won. We've never been here, but we're going to appreciate every moment of this. Because everything now is so out there. Everything is, this guy's the GOAT. This team is the greatest franchise ever. We have the most championships. (laughs) Everything is the most. So over the top. How about this? We just want to get one. And we just Mm. want to get to this. We just want to get to the playoffs. We got to the second round. That'll last us for the next 15 to 20 years. (laughs) If we win a championship, we're, we're like appreciative. As much as the players are appreciative. Because mm. winning, it's hard to win. 
like now, and you know, you watch games now. You know, it's like kind of a like you know, well, I'm just I just won a game, hey, big deal. I just had, I hey, I have thirty five forty, and then you got to get the stats where this guy, had, no one has scored thirty five or forty since Will Chamberlain. Where everything goes back to Will Chamberlain anyway. But how about this? Let's just win in a place that's never won. And I mm. think you could build that team because I can get Jokic in the second round. So I'm kind of inspired right now to work. Now that I know I can get Jokic in the second round, I could get Giannis at 15. God, yeah, that's amazing to me. Like, that's and, amazing to me. And the talent pool from the international game, you know, whether it be, you know, coming from places like Serbia or coming from places like Nigeria. I mean, there's a lot of upcoming talent that, I mean, the game – you know, we talked about this with the NBA Africa and, you know, obviously with, with these European countries, I mean, with the academies that they have, right. there's a lot of basketball talent that is coming there's a lot of globally talent, there's a lot of to talent, the NBA. Tell you, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that with talent comes expectations. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned even more so now is that all of this talent doesn't mean that it's going to meet the expectations. Absolutely. Potential is... Uh, this is why I love Giannis uh, yeah. and, and, and Jokic. Because there were no expectations on it. No, you got Jokic in the second round. Raise your hand. Raise your hand to the guy that said he's <laughs> going to be MVP. Raise your hand to the other guy who's going to be back-to-back MVP. Let alone NBA champion. In with a, the 50-piece. In, in an era, yes, with the 50-piece. A buck 50, we might add. <laughs> <laughs> In an era where shooting is the premium, small ball is the premium. So when you have these guys who are drafted one or two, you know, you, it comes with the expectation. Oh, he's supposed to win. He's supposed to be the best because he was drafted. Yeah, well, he drafted we'll see one. it this year. Paolo Bencaro and Chet Holmgren, one yeah, and two, yeah. and then they'll have all the expectations. You know, it's, not, it's not fair. You know, you know what I mean? It's not fair. Because mm. very rarely – do you get that player who can deliver the expectations of what that means to be drafted where they're going to dra- be drafted? So, And there are guys that, I mean, like a Patrick Ewing, who, uh, a Hall of Famer, incredible, when people say that, you know, they were like, he didn't deliver the expectations because we won a championship. And you're like, you know how many things have to go right? You mentioned how, how many things have to go right just to win one NBA game. To win an NBA championship, I mean, it, it, there has to be so many things that, that goal, fall in that the line. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is why to win an NBA championship, you have to draft incredibly well. Okay, tanking without questioning is not the way to do it. So mm-hmm. NBA owners who are listening to this podcast, if you want to win, or have an opportunity to maximize your talent, tanking will not get you there. Why? Because that requires luck. You're tanking to get lucky. There's no skill involved in getting the number one pick. There's no skill involved in getting Mobley at three. Mm-hmm. You got lucky. He just lands to you. There's no mm-hmm. skill involved. What is skilled is when you can identify pl- a player or players to say, here is the type of culture, there's that word, here's the type of culture or environment that's going to be conducive to winning in this league. Always. You don't turn it off and say, we're going to tank, 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 and then we're going to get good. No, we're going to draft incredibly well. Clay Thompson, Draymond mm-hmm. Green, Steph Curry. You got Harrison Steph Curry Barnes. Harrison Barnes. You got Steph Curry at like seven, I think, right? Seven. You got Harrison Barnes at seven. You got Draymond at 36 or whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. I mean. You have to draft incredibly well. Clay was 11th. Okay. Yeah. And then because your environment is always trying to win, that's the key. You're not always going to win, but you're always trying to win. You will attract a free agent that will, will and probably push you over the top. Mm-hmm. Guess who did that for the Warriors? Kevin Durant. Okay. <laughs> I mean, talk about pushing someone over the top. This is what this is what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you can draft incredibly well, second round, out of the lottery, and get a Giannis or Jokic, I should probably get a good player anywhere from one to seven. To say a good a starter. If he turns out to be Steph, hey. Great, but you get, 
but a starter. You got to get a starter. I will probably get a free agent because of people will see I could fit in. And then somewhere in there, because of your persistence, luck has to be in the equation. It can't mm -hmm. be the entire part of the equation, but you got to fall in and you get a player that just falls into the into the to the fold. I think that's how you do it. You know, think I know that's how you do it. Yeah, you, you have to draft incredibly well, but your environment has to be focused on one thing. Always trying to win. The moment you tank. It's over. It's over for you. Because like you said, it's the makeup of the entire franchise. So if our makeup has shifted to we don't really care if we win games because we're trying to win the, the offseason and we're trying to win in the draft, then it's just a different philosophy than, you know, a, a Warriors or like what the Spurs used to be with Tim Duncan, right? I mean, like you said, the, the Spurs weren't going to win every single title every single year, but they were going to compete every single year. They were not going to be an easy out at any year. Um, and that's why they won five championships at almost six. So th that was the culture. That was the makeup of the entire, you know, program. And the Spurs aren't a free agent destination, but they had guys that wanted to stay and be a part of it because they bought into what the Spurs were. Same with the Mavericks, right? I mean, when Dirk was there, guys wanted to go play. Jason Kidd wants to go play with Dallas because he wants to play with Dirk. He knew what the culture was. He could see where he could fit in there. So yep. we've seen that work over the years in the NBA. The tanking phenomenon, I mean, Philadelphia, they're way post, you know, the process at this point. I mean, we are we are playing real championship level basketball and trying to figure it out. They're they're trying to win games. The culture is completely shifted, and it happened when Colangelo came in. You know, so that happened a while ago, right. and that was the moment where things changed, and it became a watershed the other way. And I do feel as if the tanking thing was cool at one point, and everyone wanted to talk about it. But it does feel like we're playing championship basketball again, BJ. And I don't know if that's because of Giannis. I don't know if it's because of you and I just refuse to acknowledge a lot of the tanking things that are going on. But I don't think the Pistons aren't competing, right? I watched the Pistons. Right. That team competes. You know, Cade Cunningham is getting better. You can see the growth. It's yes. fun to watch them figure things out. It's not a, a lost cause. It's not going out there and just mailing it in. And that was the real big difference in what we've seen in the, you know, the past five or so years versus now. Yeah, the Pistons... You know, right now they're they're they lost Cade in the preseason to injury, mm -hmm. and he's just getting back. And they're trying to get him into the fold, and that's that's tough when you're your expected best player, right? Because mm -hmm. they're expecting great things from him, whether they are warranted or not. They are expecting him to be a twenty-point scorer in year one, which is tough to do. I don't care if you're big or small. That's tough to do, let alone mm -hmm. get 20 points and, and win in this league, as we are all expecting. That's why he was drafted number one. And you, when we talk about responsibilities, he also has the responsibilities of the point guard. Yeah, so he, and, 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 and that's, that's extremely tough. So mm -hmm. this young man has a lot on his plate right now. Give them credit. You know, they, they won a game the other night against Toronto in Toronto, which was a really good win. But then they have their games like, you know, their last game against Sacramento where you could see the ups and downs of a rookie and they have a young backcourt. And, you know, the kid Killian Hayes hasn't played but about 40 games himself due to injury. So he's more or less still a rookie. And he was picked last year, I mean, to be their point guard, to be, to be one right. of their guys. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. But they play hard. And I think that is the thing. And the key is always. You're always trying. And they will continue to do it. And our good friend there, Troy Weaver, We'll get that together. Down I, there. I see a culture there is what I'm saying. It's, yes. not, it's not a tanking situation. That's, that's it it feels like they're building a, a culture with young players that are going through the growing pains. of. You don't win overnight in this league. It's going to take two, three years a lot of times unless you have a transcendent guy who can take you there quickly like a Ja Moran or a Trey Young that or is, one of these guys. That is, that is correct. But getting back and, to my original, I want – Five seven footers. <laughs> <laughs> that's the final note. I think we got to leave on that. Five seven footers I for BJ. Five seven footers. That's what that's we got to figure out. What franchise you want to go to to make that happen? Because so I want it to be Charlotte. Can we call be... Michael Jordan and, and no, let him? No, it's too much. Can, can Mitch Kupchak no, pass it down? No, to you? I don't want to go there because it's too much <laughs> hype. Because the moment we start winning, the camera is going to go into the suite or wherever he's at to get his reaction. Yeah, that's no, true. We don't want that. We, we don't want Mike. We don't want Mike. What to have we that. want right. is the reaction of the fans and how appreciative and the players are. We want to keep the okay. focus 
on the game. We're all about the game here. We don't want the hype. I think it, I think the franchise is the Clippers. The Clippers have never no, won anything. No, it's too much hype in LA. We don't want LA. <laughs> we don't want any of that. We don't want any. We don't. We want a small market. Oof. We want a small market. Well, see, it should be like Cleveland, but they already got theirs. Yeah, Milwaukee's already yeah, got yeah, theirs. We, we, we want a small market. Memphis, maybe. A place that has never won. I don't care where. Mm. We want a small market and a place that's never won. The right. requirement is they can have no rap. They can have no no banners, no banners in the rafters. Okay, no, no banners. That's that's right. what we want. So that way, it's a it's an appreciation from the players and the fans. And it was just it was a moment in time where we said, "Hey, okay. remember when all of that we came went together? for it?" And yeah. we're not we don't have any stars here. We don't have any we don't have any recognition here. There's nothing going on here. <laughs> And that's it. That's 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 my requirement. I don't want any fanfare. I don't want any no fanfare. Just hey, just you know, I just you're coming here to hang a banner and to start five seven footers. That's it. That's that's it. <laughs> that's that. That's it. I love that. All right, BJ. Any, anything else before we get out of here? Oh man, I mean, I, mean, I got to get to work now. I got to get to work. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. You know, I, I normally I tell you, you know, when I'm in water, but right now. I got to get to work. You got to get to work, and we're going to make waves while you get. We're, you're going to make waves as you go to work right now, trying to locate uh, some guys from Serbia, some future seven footers. Uh, you know, maybe we call up Giannis. You know, see if he has another Antetokounmpo on the way. I'm sure he's got another brother that's coming up. So I mean, five seven footers. Do you know how exciting <laughs> that is? Five seven I like that. footers. Again, the 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 seven footers that you want to start. Giannis at the one, KD at the two, Mobley at the three, Jokic at the four, and Embiid at the five. That's a pretty hey, unstoppable hey, lineup. Hey, hey, hey. Who's stopping that? Nobody. Hey, that's just big boy basketball. That's what I was telling <laughs> you. Hey, 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 it's big boy basketball. Hey, and shout out to the bigs again. Uh, this has been pushing through, and we will see you later in the week. <laughs> <laughs>